It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. That's a fair question, Phil. And I'll tell, I'll give the same answer because I'm telling myself this, the same that I'm telling the players. There'll be a time to evaluate that and reflect on that and understand what, you know, the future and what I want personally, my goals are. But, you know, my goal right now is to get the guys ready for practice tomorrow and go ex- execute the plan. You know, I know I'm enjoying the past couple of days. I had a lot of fun on the field today, uh, being involved in coaching up the quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, so, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I know that I want to keep this on my chest. You know, I don't want to go anywhere. South Carolina is my home. We built a home in the summer. You know, I want to raise my kids here, have great memories here. What what type of role that looks like, you know, we'll have that conversation when we get there. But we need to win this ballgame on Saturday. And I'll tell you this for, for recruiting. Um, at some point, you know, it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, who the coach is because the Durham players need to fight for themselves. You know, again, the best cultures are player-led. You know, I have a lot of belief in the men here. I have a lot of belief in Coach Bubba. I think he would do a great job. I really do. Uh, I think what he's done schematically this year has has put in a put, put in us in a, a chance to win and have some success. Uh, obviously, Shy and Kevin has uh, had had big years, uh, but this is a fun place to be at. You know, uh, we had some meetings with with some recruits earlier this year, and like I was a part of a pro, th- this place when we had the the peak success, the eleven win seasons, and there's not a more exciting place to be when we're rolling, you know, Williams, Williams Price is, there's not a more exciting place to play and for that to be your home. And that's just the truth. That's not really a recruiting pitch. That's just my personal experience being a student athlete here uh, and, and being back here. That of course, the voice of former Gamecock quarterback. Now, I guess quarterbacks coach for the time being Connor Shaw talking earlier today about, um, just the, the situation that, that the program is in right now. And I, I thought appropriate to start the show with that because I think Connor absolutely knocked it out of the park. And, you know, that that question there w- was in response to, uh, you know, a question about whether he wanted to stay on at South Carolina and, and really, frankly, whether on the field coaching was uh, was part of his future, you know, hopeful plan. And and Connor obviously uh, didn't really go into detail on that, sort of what his plan would be, what he sees for his role as the future, but um, really took that as an opportunity to, um, I would say, hit a walk-off grand slam, mic drop, bat flip, um, take a selfie with your dugout, walk-off home run to, to end the press conference today. And I, I think sort of, was the perfect guy to rally people around as far as this program is right now. And obviously we don't know what Connor Shaw's role will be in the program moving forward after this, but if there was ever any doubt, not that I even think there was doubt in the first place, if there was ever any doubt that you want this guy still around the program in some role moving forward, 
then that doubt is completely eliminated. Again, not that there was doubt anyway, but it just sort of reiterated the fact that you want this guy around the program. And, and I would say if um, if Connor Shaw is wants to be an on-field coach in the future, there is a huge sort of not, – not the press conferences win games, but obviously we know Connor Shaw – is way more than just that press conference. But if you needed a little boost into that, if, if he wants to be on on staff, on the field, under the future coach, then I think he just made a very, very strong case for himself. Uh, on top of the fact we already know he played on, you know, on the winningest team in South Carolina football history. He comes from a coach background as far as his dad and his brother – and now, obviously, he's been around the program, lives in South Carolina, has a home in South Carolina, hits a, a bunch of uh, your check boxes. Those of you asking if you know where you can watch the whole thing, I just uploaded it. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you should be. It should be just as easy as right clicking over to our main YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash/GamecockCentral, and you can watch the entire Connor Shaw video um, there. I, I posted a really, a really quick one. On, uh, on Twitter that was just that final clip, but you can watch the whole thing on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. As you can see, I am alone right now. Chris Clark hopes to be on shortly. Chris is actually on the phone right now. He's been working the phones all day, hoping to provide some new information on the coaching search. Obviously, for our Gamecock Central subscribers, we will have some more in-depth stuff at some point today, but if we get Chris in, Chris is hoping to be able to hop on at some point before the show is over and uh, will give us the latest that he's gotten today on where South Carolina's coaching search is possibly headed. Still early there, but you're you're starting to see, obviously, names are out there, things are happening behind the scenes, and hopefully Chris will be able to hop on here and we can talk about that, but no – I mean, I really honestly, sometimes you go into a show, you know, with, I would say, Chris and I would look at each other and say, man, what are we going to talk about today? Today is almost the exact opposite because there's too, there's almost too much to talk about, but we're going to try to get to all of it. Again, I am Wes Mitchell. This is GC Live. We are brought to you by the fine folks at Affordable Medical USA. Check them out at AffordableMedicalUSA.com. That's 803-926-1493. They are, of course, home of the game day chair, and they make the daily portion of this show possible, uh, You know, as opposed to just when we were doing before, two, three times a week. They make the show financially possible. They are the ones who help us out as far as that goes, and they are, of course, again, the home of the game day chair. And I hope Chris comes back so that he can tell you about the game day chair because he knows that spill way better than I do. So obviously lots going on in the last 24 hours. You have coaching search underway. You have four opt-outs for South Carolina. I will say this. So if you're just tuning in, I'm sure you already know it. I'm sure you've already seen it, but the opt-out so far, some somewhat surprising, but for the most part, not really that surprising. So JC Horn, obviously opts out to start to prepare for the NFL draft. 
He'll be, I think, a projected first-round pick. If not a first-round pick, a late second. Uh, you look, obviously, Izzy McQuamu follows right up with that. Today, he opts out. I think it's important to remember with McQuamu, he was injured again on Saturday. It sounded like, from what Muschamp said, that that could have been a fairly serious injury. Don't want to speculate, but just the, the mood there when Muschamp was asked about that after the game, obviously not good. So he'll focus on getting ready for the draft. R.J. Roderick, the junior, and then, of course, Makia Scott, a freshman defensive tackle who hasn't really played this year. Those two guys also opt out. And Bobo was asked on them, you know, what's the plan? Are they transferring? Are they just opting out for the season? What's the future for those two guys? And he said he he did, either didn't know or didn't really speak on it. So um, we'll see. I will tell you this. Um, whenever there is – Whenever there's something like a big change within a program like this, especially with a guy like like Will Muschamp, who regardless of how you feel about his on-the-field coaching, regardless of how you feel about the results, regardless of how you feel about anything else about Will Muschamp, very well liked by his players. That was the case at Florida. That was the case at South Carolina, obviously. And, you know, I think there, there's obviously a reason that these guys have opted out on defense. You know, it's been on the defensive side of the ball because that's the side of the ball he works most closely with. So, you know, Chris had posted to our subscribers to be ready that there could be some opt-outs. So now we've seen that happen. from. From my expectation and also from what Bobo said today during the press conference, the opt-outs are probably over, I think. Now, could there be something else to pop up? Obviously, that's that's always a possibility. You never know a young man could change his mind about something or could be thinking about it and hasn't put that forward yet. But as far as opt-outs uh, that are expected moving forward, Nothing else uh, expected as far as that goes. Now, I will say whenever you make a coaching change, sometimes it has to get worse before it can get better. So, you know, you're, you're going to see guys leave. You're going to see guys at the end of the year transfer. You have guys transfer anyway, but let's be honest. You have a combination of a possible new transfer rule. You have – a coach who's on the way out, obviously. And it becomes easier and easier to, um, you know, for, for guys to move on, for guys to go somewhere else. So you're going to have a situation where there will probably be more transfers at the end of the year. There will probably be decommitments as well. There's um, some guys we're already sort of tracking. There's going to be some guys who um, are sort of, in a position to uh, decommit, and you, you sort of just have to brace yourself. And uh, Travis asked, um, worse than two and eight. Well, here's the thing, Travis. What I'm saying is that whenever you make a big move, you're going to lose some guys, and some of them are going to be talented guys. It if, if a team is two and eight right now, or your projection is that it'll be two and eight, then with the guys they have, then obviously 
what are they if they lose some of these guys? This this is a possible two and eight team with the JC Horn. My point being, you're going to lose some guys when you make a move like this. You don't have to like it, but it, it's going to happen. So transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. Transfer portal, you will see that. Um, you will see that used, I think, quite a bit this offseason across the college football landscape. And you will see that um, used as far as whoever the new coach is, bringing in guys either that just have, have outperformed the level that they are at or guys that, of course, um, maybe have a connection to whoever the new coach is. So you'll have guys leave, you'll have guys come in, and then when it all settles in, you know, at some point this offseason, you'll, you'll see where you're at as a team. So we'll see where that goes. Obviously. Everybody, there's a question already. Redman on um, Twitter slash Periscope says, is Gunnar Stockton gone? We had a, a quote from, from Gunnar Stockton. If you are a Gamecock Central subscriber, you can check that out um, in detail already. It's at the top of our forum. But I think with Stockton, he's very much in wait-and-see mode. He is focused on his season right now. And, you know, frankly, the guy that y'all heard from Earlier today, Connor Shaw and, and his place on staff and, and his place moving forward, obviously Mike Bobo being on staff and being the interim coach and whether or not the new coach were to retain Mike Bobo as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, all of these things have sort of an impact, I think, moving forward on Gunnar Stockton. Now, do you have to keep an eye on Georgia in the future? Yes. Do you have to keep an eye, I think, on North Carolina? You know, and those guys, Mac Brown and that group as well, they were – but before he cut it down to Georgia and South Carolina, before he committed, North Carolina was sort of the, the other program that I, I think was probably the most difficult for Gunnar Stockton to turn down. So th- those are probably, you know, South Carolina, Georgia – North Carolina are probably the the ones that I would keep an eye on with him. And I, I agree with, you know, the comments about if Shaw stays, if if Bobo stays. I think if they if they both stay, then yes, he probably does stick. But there there's no guarantees. He he has to obviously like the head coach and the, the head coach's plan as well. So I, I don't like to get into it being just a, a def in, there's no definites in recruiting. But does it very much help South Carolina's chances if um, – certainly if both of those guys are still at South Carolina, then that obviously helps South Carolina quite a bit moving forward with Gunnar Stockton. The, the good thing for Carolina there, y'all, is that Stockton is obviously a 2022 kid. So if, if you're talking about these class of 2021 kids, I would look – uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball for some possible decommitments. If you look on that side of the ball, you would probably say that with, with a 2021 guy and South Carolina being in the midst of a coaching search and the connections all those guys will have had to Will Muschamp, they're going to look around and probably some of them will say, I'm going to go somewhere that I have a longstanding relationship with another team and another program. Not obviously ideal if you're South Carolina, but that's just the way it is right now. It's just 
uh, again, the that's what happens when, when you make a coaching change. And, and whoever comes in new, that there's a reason. Obviously, South Carolina is trying to um, make a higher fast, but you can only make a higher fast if you also feel like you're making the correct hire. So, again, whoever whoever makes um, whoever the next hire is, do they keep Bobo? Do they keep Connor Shaw? I think both of those things. And, and let me let me actually separate those two things because I would say, based on everything I've heard, regardless of who the new coach is, very very. I mean, I would be very shocked if. Connor Shaw does not stay on in, in some way. I'll put it like that. Obviously, with Mike Bobo, it's going to depend on who uh, you know, who the new coach is, what their offensive philosophies are, is there a prior connection, what do they want to do on the offensive side of the ball, all those things. Everybody's talking, obviously, names out there. I, I thought it was interesting, so I, I told y'all, and, and hopefully, hopefully y'all voted in my poll because I I really wanted to get a take from the fan base as a whole. So if I can get to it, if y'all bear with me for a second, and I I think Chris is going to be joining us shortly, but God, where did it go? Y'all hang tight with me. So my, my poll, you have, you have one hour left. If you want to go to twitter.com slash Gamecock central, or just pull up Gamecock central on your Twitter app, 2,500 votes on who you want South Carolina to hire. And the, the the results are a little bit, I won't say shocking, but I was a little bit surprised at the results. So right now, at least of the Gamecock fans who follow Gamecock Central on Twitter, 2,500-plus votes. You have uh, Billy Napier at 36%, Hugh Freeze at 31%, Shane Beamer at 21%, and Jamie Chadwell, the coastal coach, at 11.5%. So I don't know if that surprises y'all. I don't know if that's expected, but also did the same exact poll on Gamecock Central. It's still ongoing. On Gamecock Central, you actually had 30, 38% Hugh Freeze, 35% Billy Napier, so sort of reverse there. 16.8% Shane Beamer, and Jamie Chadwell gets 9%. So similar order, not quite the same. And uh, actually, I see joining us right now, we got Chris Clark. Chris, you, give me a thumbs up if you're ready, ready to roll. There he is. He's here. It's, how nice of you to join us. I've been uh, chilling with everybody. We've been talking about how Connor Shaw is the GOAT. And um, that's that's about it, I think. <laughs> Man, all right. Well, not not too much work done then before I got in. No, I was I was just listening to the poll results. That's really interesting. And uh, I was actually just telling somebody that uh, the press conference was really interesting today. You know, obviously South Carolina's team. You know, there's a lot of negative stuff right now. There's not a ton of positivity, but the, the press conference from Bobo and Connor Shaw. Well, was something else. It, it was it was really interesting, and uh, yeah, Connor Shaw, the goat. I don't know if uh, if you mean the press conference goat, the quarterback goat at South Carolina, or both. I guess it today just reinforced that for you. Yeah, all of the above. All I just above, yeah. I mean, 
I, I just I thought the especially the end when Connor like took that opportunity to sort of mic drop as he as he walked off. Because yeah. um, I, I mean, dude, Chris, I all right. Here here's the thing we and I I, I include us in it. We're not like in the fan base, but we're in the middle. Right. I feel like we're we're sort of while the Gamecock fan base, especially when there's two sides disagreeing about stuff, when they're like throwing tomatoes and fruit and and you know whatever at each other i feel like me and chris are like right in the middle like dodging stuff and watch watching it go by our heads so i'll include us as well but point being i think this this group this fan base this game cognition we're always looking for that like former player oh make that guy the next coach make that guy the next coach make you know let's give that guy a job well you have to want the the individual has to want to be a college football coach, you know, and you know that that's like Marcus Lattimore, and unless something just changes, which he can change his mind, obviously, but I don't think Marcus Lattimore ever really wanted to be an on field college football coach, or at least during that time period when everybody was sort of putting him in that job, he didn't really want to be that. It is a crazy time commitment. There's a ton of kissing. 17-year-olds tells every single day to recruit them. There's you're on the road, you're away from your family. You have to want that life. And it may pay well, but it ain't always pretty. So but point being, if if Connor Shaw wants to be a future coach, then he has every single thing you look for, including the on-field experience. Now some in-house sort of – I'm sure he's gained a lot of perspective from doing what he does with the program right now. Then add in the fact that his dad has built high school programs, built great culture. His his brother is obviously Gunnar Stockton's coach, great program, uh, you know, there at Raven County. I mean, talk and, – and I'm not sitting here saying Connor Shaw for, for head coach, which, you know, you see people joke about on Twitter, but – if I if I'm the new coach and I just watch that, I'm saying that guy's involved one way in some form or fashion for me. Oh, one hundred percent. And you know, to back up to what you said about his aspirations of being a, a coach, you you are right. You can't just take somebody and make them the coach. You know, they do have to want to be there. And Connor, if you'll remember, after his NFL career, he briefly was a position coach at Furman. At Furman, yeah, and. It just it was something that he decided he wanted to go sort of into the private market away from football for a bit and do insurance. And he did that and then had an opportunity to get back into the football realm, albeit in a different role. You know, the off field role that he does now He's obviously very involved with the players. It's not, you know, a desk job where you're sitting there pushing paper about a budget or something. But uh, it's, so it's very much in sort of in the trenches with the players, but not as a coach. Uh, it's just a different type of role. And, and that has always seemed to be what he's gravitated toward a little bit more, right? Like an administrative role, um, a, a role where you're still around the game where you're around players. Now, could he change his mind one day? Sure. I mean, maybe maybe somebody comes along and says, I want you to be a quarterback's coach, and maybe it's at South Carolina, and, and he does that. You know, will that be on the table? I have no idea. But what I am pretty confident of is there, there are going to be some head coaches that come up for this opportunity as we continue going through this head coaching search. And there are some guys out there that have put, 
I'm keeping Connor Shaw in some form or fashion, like you said, Wes, uh, that that's in the plans. And that's extremely smart for a lot of reasons. This is a guy that, you know, many consider rightfully so sort of the face of Gamecock football in its best era. And all you have to do, I mean, you look how the guy played on the field, you listen to him today and, and you can see that he's got just something different about him. And so, um, I think there's an above average chance, probably better than above average that, that he's. I would say there's a hundred percent chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody who, who comes in and sort of part of their plan does not involve Connor Shaw in some form or fashion, their chances go down. I think we can be pretty confident in that when we're talking about head coaching candidates. Yeah. And they're going to get bashed on this show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and everywhere else um, in, in Gamecock land. I think, but all right, dude. So do you, I know you've been working the phone lines. Do you have, do you have any new thoughts, any new information, any new scoop, any new, anything on uh coaching search that is uh shareable yet? Not yet. You know, I think, I think uh, tonight I've got to flesh some things out and uh, we've got a lot of new members on Gamecock Central. Really appreciate those. Probably have an update this afternoon, tonight, as we continue to work through some things. We've had updates the first couple of days. Try to have one every day. We're not going to shoehorn that, um, but uh, I think hopefully so later. But, yeah, I mean, they're still just going through the process. You know, that there is there, – there's been some stuff, I will say this, sort of bandied about, about the level of interest in the job. And there have been, you know, a lot of conversations already you know, whether the, those are back channel or, you know, whatever, I, I'm not really sure on the details of those, but it's, it's ongoing. They're, they're in it. They're in the thick of it. There are a lot of conversations taking place internally with, with people who represent candidates, et cetera. And so just continuing to work through the list, it's always interesting to watch these kind of things take shape from beginning to end. And one thing we mentioned from the outset, Wes, and that Ray Tanner confirmed during his Monday press conference is that, they would like to get this done sooner, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it, that may be possible. We don't really know yet, uh, but but lots of conversations going on. There's been some shifts and movements since the beginning, you know, and uh, are there a few guys that are maybe a little bit more at the forefront now? Yeah. Is there an opportunity for other guys to get involved, to move up, to move down? Yes. I think we've already seen some of that. Yeah. And there it's, I feel like it, it rarely is like the first name that everybody mentions actually goes all the not not that it doesn't happen, but it just seems like it's kind of rare that the first name everybody mentions just boom ends up being the coach. But but we'll see. And I, I think there I was I was thinking about this when I woke up, man. There there are pros and cons to sort of make you know, making the move when they did, making it now. And and saying we're we're waiting to the end of the year, and I, I think to me this sort of reinforced what we've seen the last couple of days that when, when you make a move like this, sometimes I, this is what I was talking about earlier before you came on. Sometimes you sort of have to take a hit before you sort of start to rebuild. And so if they had decided, okay, we're going to wait to the end of the year, would they still probably have J.C. Horn suiting up right now? You know. Probably, I, I would think, but maybe you know, maybe not. Um, would would a lot of these other guys still be playing? Probably so. Would um, would they still have some of the guys committed that I was just telling everyone 
I didn't, you know, give details, but there there are going to be decommitments. It's sure. inevitable. We've already heard several that I think are on the verge. It, it's going to happen, and and that honestly was going to happen, probably regardless. So it's it's almost sort of like some sometimes if if you know you're going to take a hit, you just go ahead and rip the bandaid off. Would be the analogy I would use. Take the hit now. And then use that to your advantage by turning around and sort of uh, using this time to go out and, and hire somebody. And, and I do think some of it being circumstances, Chris, some of it say, being maybe learning from the previous hire is maybe an element of it. I think South Carolina is in a much better spot this year, especially with just three games left to go ahead and sort of put themselves in a position to make a hire than they probably were with the Spurrier hire that just felt like it drug on and on, or excuse me, the post Spurrier hire, I should say, right after the Spurrier, um, you know, quit. I think you, you look, they're they're just in a better place. I think to be able to do that this time. And and there was no felt like it, it did drag on, (laughs) you know, like it was, you remember that by the end of it. I mean, we, you know, I can't imagine being people who, went through the search, you know, talking to people and all that, like we were beat down or I was by the end of that thing, 50 something days or what, however long it was, we thought we were to the end and then, Oh, rich rods on campus. And, and then we were chasing that down. I mean, it, it was nuts. So yeah, but you're right. So football coaching searches are crazy. You know, I mean, there is a lot that happens behind the scenes, a lot that people have to deal with. The agent world is so big. That's something that people don't think about a lot. There's so much information that's put out there. There's so much negotiation. And so I think there are some lessons even that can be learned from last time, really. I know I know, we probably learned some lessons from just covering the last coaching search sort of in the modern era and then, you know, being able to understand how some certain things work about that. I mean, it, it seems to change. It's an ever-changing sort of landscape. But they do have some candidates, it seems, that, you know, they feel good about. Um, and like I said, more, more could more could come to light. And I think as time goes on, they're going to be able to narrow down that list and continue to whittle down that list, be able to talk to some guys and come to a consensus. And when that happens exactly, we don't know. Uh, I feel like, you know, my, my big question at the beginning of this was, given that they've got the, the sort of head start, quote unquote, we knew that they wanted to, if possible, right after the season, be getting close or, or be there in terms of naming a new coach. And my question was, is that possible? The sense that I get is that it is. Um, but we'll just have to see as this thing continues to play out, you know, over the next couple of few weeks, if that definitely happens. Yeah, and had a couple of people asking sort of about that timeline. You, I mean, you just sort of explained it. But, yeah, I mean, the the – early signing period starts one month from yesterday. So that that's, that's a big driving force in this y'all is that, and it it doesn't, it doesn't mean you rush the hire because there's a difference in rushing something. And, but, but also having a, the knowledge that, Hey, we need to, we need to have a deadline on this. And it's, it's not a hard deadline. If, if the absolute right guy has to have, if you're convinced this is the guy to hire, but it's going to take another week or two, then, you know, you, you maybe have to do that. But the point being, 
you sort of, if you have the opportunity to go ahead and get it done, it makes a ton of sense to go ahead, finish the year, have a guy hired, get him in front of these recruits, which we're, you know, we're going to talk about this in the future, but whoever the coach is, they ain't even going to be able to meet with recruits in person, which is going to be another hurdle for, for any team making a change right now. I think that's a long conversation probably for, for later in the future, Chris, but you, I say that to say you're going to have enough built-in hurdles without possibly creating your, your own hurdles. So so that's why if you can get it done beforehand, at the very least, the guy can get on, on Zoom, you know, with these prospects and just start that process. Yeah, and that's huge. The stability of your team, you got to keep in mind the NCAAs. This is a little bit down the road, but if they pass this one-time transfer thing, you know, uh, that, that would be sometime in January. But again, the quicker you can build that base and foundation and get it back on steady footing, the better. You know, I mean, you want a head start on that. And then obviously, you know, let, let's say in theory, I don't know, the, the, the Sunday, the Tuesday, whatever, after the last game, let's, let's hypothetically say that you're able to hire a coach then and, and have everything ready to go, or at least partly ready to go with the head coach. And then you get the rest of the staff in. You know, that gives you, what, you know, nine, ten days, eight days, whatever it may be, to try to situate some things, you know, um, with your current commitments, try to make some decisions on the 21 class, try to get some guys to hold off, say, hey, hold up for a little while, wait till February, see where it's at. I mean, this recruiting class is obviously going to end up being interesting for South Carolina. We, we don't know what's going to happen when the new staff gets here, if it's in time for the early signing period. We don't know what's going to happen in January. Like you said, Wes, no in-person visits, and that's going to be the case for a while. So there are just so many unknowns. But I do know that stability, as long as it's not the expense, at the expense of you know not getting your guy, not getting your candidate, that's something that I think is going to be very, very important, you know, going into the offseason. Yep, and uh, December 5th, final game. So that's, uh, you know, two two weeks from Saturday. We'll, we'll see. They'll have, you know, there'll be plenty of movement in, in that two-and-a-half-week span if South Carolina is going to be able to make this happen. But as you said, it, it appears there are some signs that, that they maybe could. So that's something we will be tracking. I tell you, man, sort of moving the conversation forward a little bit, the the lack of discussion about the Missouri football game this weekend has actually surpassed the lack of discussion about the Ole Miss game last weekend. And yep. frankly, my lack of of reading and studying up anything on Missouri um, is pretty much it's not existent right now. Like I, I I don't know if I I don't know if I know anything at all of substance to tell our viewership and listener base and readership about this Missouri team. <laughs> well, the, the, here's the thing I do know about the game. And, and eventually, Wes, maybe you and I are going to have to sit down and study Missouri a little bit and, and talk about these matchups. But here's something I do know. Uh, both teams are going to be undermanned, you know, in terms of what they usually have. You got South Carolina's opt-outs, right? Three guys in the secondary. You got Aaron Sterling, Brad Johnson out for the year. Those guys haven't been playing lately, but still, we know that they're not going to be available. Uh, Missouri, from what Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach, said, they're down to, what was it, 56 
scholarship players, Wes. Um, so they have been and all year. They've had COVID issues. It seems like probably mm-hmm. some positive tests, probably a lot of contact trace. I don't know the breakdowns, but that's typically what you see. And so they're going to be down, you know, to, you know, close to that line that you see for, for canceling a game. Um, there are obviously some questions about it. From what we've heard, things have been on track for them to play, but I didn't realize until today that it was going to be that close for those guys. So which players is it? You know, we'll just have to see. But obviously South Carolina has been dealing with some issues defensively, and now they're down even more guys. Offensively, they, you know, have still been at times, you know, the Ole Miss game was a step in the right direction against a really bad defense, but there are obviously a bunch of questions there too. So this game is almost like a dice roll, like a crapshoot. I mean, it is it's going to be really difficult to try to, you know, peg what to expect going into this one. Yeah, and – I mean, I, you hate to ever say the final three games don't matter because it, it matters. I mean, it matters to the players. It matters to these coaches who, you know, it's their job to to sort of see it through. It matters to these guys who are trying to put film out there, you know, for their careers for the next level. So it, it's not that it doesn't matter, but I, I don't know if the wins and losses really matter a, a ton. And I, I think if you look, man – the interesting thing about when you sort of have some adversity and you have some opt-outs and you have something like this happen, and, and, and it's no, it's nothing against the guy. To, to me, I've always been sort of like if, you know, that's their decision, so be it. But the guys who stick around, those guys almost probably get closer because of this. And I, I think from, from what I've heard, you're going to see, and you saw, you heard some elements of it today in the press conferences, but this staff will try to rally around the idea of the name on the front of the jersey of, you know, three last chances to play together. Um, there's been a lot of really good players that have come through this place. And, um, you know, and and now, you know, you, you have a chance to, to at least finish out your year on, on a positive note and to go out there three more times, you know, with, with your guys. And I think that's going to be the message moving forward. I think they're going to they're going to switch some things up structurally in the way they're practicing right now. I've heard, but for the most part, once once the guys that are sort of not quite all in, so, you know, sort of let it be known that they're not, then it, it may be less talented players. But think think what what an opportunity! Hey, Cam Smith, you you had you had that really bad moment in week one that people probably still talk about for some reason, but you know, you're probably going to get to go start. Uh, Zaquandre white, we're throwing, we're throwing you on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> and I mean, you're, you're going to have to limit your calls probably to like three calls or something, I, I think, but you know what, you're, you're going to get on the field. So, uh, you know, an opportunity for a guy like Darius rush who has busted his tail on special teams all year long, probably going to get a chance to play on defense, hopefully. So th- there is sort of a rallying thing here. And, and again, who who knows how they're going to play. But Missouri, like you said, they're missing guys, and ain't, they ain't some great football team either. So it, it is a chance for those guys to sort of rally around each other and, and just go play the game. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, if nothing else, it's going to be fascinating to sort of watch play, especially because you do have – two teams, not just one, two teams that are going to be really undermanned in some regard, you know, so 
I think it'll be really interesting to watch it play out and, and just seeing the tone of this team. And, you know, I, I think it would be completely understandable if you saw a team in a situation like this that was just sort of flat for the rest of the year. But it, it seems like, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of emotion after Sunday night. We saw a lot of that. We've heard a lot about it and we've seen some of the results of it. But after that settled, like you said, Wes, you know, it appears now they could have some guys change their mind today, tomorrow, play the Missouri game and then make a decision. I mean, that that could happen. But it seems like right now they're expecting that this this is the worst of it for now as far as guys saying, okay, you know, I'm going to make this decision to move on. You know, I was personally, and I'm not alone in this, you know, a lot of people wondered about Shai Smith and Sedarius Hutcherson. I mean, they're still in right now. They still practice today. Uh, you know, if you're complaining about a player leaving, don't also complain about Shy Smith talking on the field or whatever. I mean, he and I and I'm not. And I'm with you, Wes. I'm not begrudging anybody personally. That's my opinion. If, if they do leave, but man, Shy Smith loves some football, so he's he's going to go out there and play. But it, it is going to be really interesting, and you know that the tone, the tenor of Mike Bobo and Connor Shaw is definitely one of, of sort of rallying and, and just going and playing, you know, just go and finish out the year and, and sort of see what happens. Yeah. Were, were there any other takeaways for you in the press conference just from Bobo? I, I, I had to dip out to take a call for part of it. So I did miss some of it, but what uh, did, did anything else stand out to you? Yeah. And I definitely missed a substantial portion of both due to coaching search related stuff. But I think, uh, you know, Mike Bobo and, and we saw this, during his talks, you know, whenever he had an opportunity to speak to media, uh, tells it like it is for sure. So saying things like talking about how, you know, we have, we practiced and it was not good enough to beat Missouri. You know, it's just, and, and I think people like to hear that. Does that mean anything in the grand scheme of how they play? Not really, but it has for the guys that are in on the rest of the season, Mike Bobo's he's, taking it and he's making it his own, right? I mean, you mentioned some of the uh, structural things they may do different. You know, the, obviously he makes a move of bringing Connor Shaw in. He is the interim, so until he's not the interim, he's, you know, making the making the moves and deciding how things run. And he has definitely not been afraid. He has not been passive at all in doing those things. And uh, from what we've heard, Wes, he's, he's sort of made it known how he feels about some things, whether it's publicly or privately. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was sort of an interesting takeaway. And then just Connor Shaw, you know, to me, his whole mindset, not really surprising, but I think it was pretty impressive just the way he conducted himself. Yeah, and, and not that we would expect any different from Bobo. Like you said, you we saw from the very beginning this guy – and I think there is some – you know, there's some value. He, he talked about it just – he used the word transparency. If you if you tell someone to their face, you know, you got to do this, this, and this if you're going to play. You got to do this, this, and this to get better. You know, it is transparency to them when you're asked in the media. And, and that's not – that doesn't mean you leak everything from the locker room. I'm not saying that. But for some very specific things, you know, you sort of appreciate a coach because you know where you stand. Uh, you know, with a guy like that, if you're a player or you're a coach underneath, you know, him, you know, his leadership. So I, I think, but especially, let's be honest, whenever, whenever one coach sort of leans in one direction on, on anything, fans love to hear from somebody 
who leans the other way. So after sort of listening to Muschamp kind of give non-answers on things or non-answers on injuries and, um, you know, Mike Bubba, yeah, Aaron Sterling and Brad Johnson are out. They're out for the year. Like, I think there there was a little bit of sort of, you know, fans like that. I think also worth going back to Shai Smith, who you just mentioned, and and what Bobo had to say about him and how how proud he has been of Shai. And I, I agree with you 100%. Does the, the Shai run his mouth? Yes. We all know that. But Shai is out there competing his tail off every game. Every play, every game, I think he brought this up too. He's blocking. He's running routes when he's not involved in the play. He's playing the decoy role when he has to play the decoy role. He He's really the only major consistent factor in this passing game. And do you have to sometimes – do you have to deal with the fact that, that he's teetering on that line sometimes, you know, as far as talking? Yes, but guess what? Nobody cared at all when DJ Swearinger was doing the same thing on defense. So I'd rather have a guy that cares, that cares enough about playing the game and competing, that I have to every now and then as a coach put my arm around him and be like, come on, man, you you can't get that 15-yard penalty. Right. But – I take the competitive juices for you know every day, all day, and twice on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm with you. It's uh, you know, and especially if you're if you're saying, which we don't, we're not taking this stance. I know us two, Wes, and that's fine. If somebody takes the opposite, certainly we can we can disagree. I, I think uh, especially if you're saying so and so isn't playing hard or so and so quit don't complain when a guy shows emotion and is trying on the field, you know, I mean, are there sometimes ways that are not quite as smart to go about it? Sure. But if you're a competitor, man, anybody that's competed in anything, uh, I'm just an, I'm just a, a scrub, you know, I never played college sports. I'm just, a, I go play ball sometimes with people, various stuff. And sometimes I get a little too competitive. And that's just me. I mean, I'm, I'm nothing on that. It's not as important. It doesn't mean anything. It's just out there having fun. Sometimes I'm like, God, a little, little bit too competitive there. So, I mean, these are guys, these are grown men going against each other for a game, in a game that means a lot to them for a lot of reasons. They're going to get a little competitive sometimes, and that's okay. You know, that's how I see it. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, I'm, I'm trying to think, what, what do you – what do you think the next few days sort of have in store? I, I think we've we've sort of we've hit that point where, and it, I, I do think it's somewhat humorous. We've hit the point where obviously the job has opened, and now all these other coaches they have games still going on. So what do they have? They have press conferences, and inevitably anybody linked to another job, you're going to get asked. And the, the answers to these questions mean absolutely nothing. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, I guess, the media, we feel like we you have to ask, you know, are you interested in that job? But is, is Billy Napier, who is, only has one loss this year, is competing for a conference championship, 
Is he going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to leave my guys right now and go take that SEC job right. and get a raise and get back in the state of South Carolina? He, no, no coach is going to say that. So we're, we're sort of at the point of it started behind the scenes. It's rolling, and not a whole lot's going to be said publicly as far as anybody involved in it. And you just sort of hope you can sort through what's being said behind the scenes and throw the rumors this way and bring the facts forward. Yeah, and that's our jobs, man, as we go through this search. Obviously, there's gonna there's a lot thrown out there, um, whether it's stuff behind the scenes that people might hear or if it's just rumor mill stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, I was actually asked a question about that today, about press conferences and, and coaches. That it's You're not going to hear a coach say what, what you said. I mean, they're, you know, I, I don't even know – not even sure why it's asked anymore, but you know, some people ask it. But yeah, I mean, during the season, people are just are not going to answer that question. And you know what? Most of the time, and I remember the question I was asked was about Tony Elliott, Clemson. He's the exception from what I've heard from people around there. Most of the time, when coaches say, "I'm not worried about other jobs," blah blah blah, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. If they're truly in the mix, they just say that, and you would expect that. Uh, Tony Elliott, who, by the way, I, I do not think, you know, no indication he's a serious candidate, offensive coordinator at Clemson. Uh, when he says, I'm not worried about it, I'm just focused on the ball here and everything, apparently that really is the way he is. He's just a different type of cat. But most people, when you hear coaches say, I'm just focused on the team, whatever it may be, like that's not really the case. Like, yes, they are focused and, and sometimes they wait, but like there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Yep. Uh, speaking of stuff behind the scenes, got a couple of questions here. Apparently, I haven't seen this. ESPN is reporting uh, Brent Venables is interested in the no in contention for the job, according to William on Facebook. Shane also said there's a rumor going on going around about Venables. Have you heard that anywhere, Chris? We lost you, Chris. Uh, I had myself. Yep. Sorry, I'm drinking water like crazy because I've been on the phone so much that my voice is starting to go. So, um, I I did see something written um, about Venables, and he's going to come up any if there's an opening in 2090 for this job, and Brent Venables is still around, he's going to come up for it. Like that's just a natural progression. Um, but uh, there's not any indications that there's anything serious there. I, I don't. I have no indication that. He's on an actual list for South Carolina. I don't have any indication that Venables is campaigning for the job. You know, he's quite happy with where he is. He's got two sons playing at Clemson. He makes a lot of money. He's happy being a defensive coordinator. And I, I don't have any indication that South Carolina is going out there saying we, we got to try to make a run at this guy for our head coaching job. There's just I haven't heard anything legitimate that makes me think that uh, throughout my conversations, at least. Well, Chris, let's be honest. He also has the bet. He's got the best job in America as far as his pay, yeah, his right. uh, stability, and no really outside pressure. Like, I mean, he's he's got it made as far as his current job. So, no doubt. I think that's part of the reason he has not uh, sort of gone somewhere else. And then you inevitably have Dustin here on YouTube, and I, I just got a text about this as well. This is a uh, peak coaching search season content 
Apparently, Gunner and Colton just followed Billy Napier on the oh, Twitter. The only thing that would have made it better is some work a plane in there somehow. Yes. Somehow. But that is really good. That is peak. That's outstanding. Yeah, flight, flight aware has not become a factor in the search yet. Okay. You can confirm. Well, I'm, I haven't heard. I haven't seen it on Twitter, like some screenshots about flight aware. and Which, dude, in the day of Zoom – I know Tanner said he wants to meet guys in person and stuff like that. I kind of feel like there's probably a lot of Zoom meetings that are going to take place now. Do you want to still sort of the old <laughs> meet at a hotel hidden thing? Do you still want to do that when you maybe get to – before you're like making that decision, before you hire a guy? Sure. Probably so. But it's easier than ever. Not that the technology wasn't always there, but it's such – as far as our society, it is now accepted. Everybody's on Zoom. You just meet on Zoom. I imagine there's a ton of just Zoom conferences that, that go down with something like this. Yes. I mean, and it's easy now to do it. I mean, I'm surprised more people didn't do it before, like, COVID. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's changed a little bit and that some people have realized, oh, we can do things remotely. We don't have to go to a meeting. But uh, so I, I would imagine they might use a mix of that. So you're not at the airport right now. Tracking no. You're not in a, no. in a hangar or in the lobby of the airport. No, I do live near Owens Field, so if, if it gets to that point, um, I'll be the guy to to shoot out there and see. The uh, we, we've had <laughs> Susan said the Insider Forum said there's a lot of activity at Owens Field on Sunday night. So and and of of course the realtor sources are also oh. going to pop up at, at some point as well. Yeah. Some questions, man, about on our chat about Mike Bobo and whether he would be in the running for the the head job. I, I would, I would, I don't think so. And I think it's one, it's one of those things. Honestly, if if you give a guy the interim tag, you sort of they have to sort of be in the mix. But you know, you you don't say, hey, we're going to give you the interim job, and you have no chance of getting this job. <laughs> right, right. You know, like hundred percent. But are are what what are the chances that it's Mike Bobo and not you know a Billy Napier or a Shane Beamer or one of these names that has popped up? Far, 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 far greater chance. It, it's it's almost it's almost so, and it's no. When I say this, it's no slight at Mike Bobo. It's just it's just how the process is going and, and sort of what is envisioned for this process. Once they get to the finish line, like it's just, it's the chances of that are so low that it's not even something we're, we're tracking or talking about. I think that's the best way you can put it. Now the chances that whoever comes in retains yeah. Mike Bobo, that's a conversation worth having. It's a legitimate one. It's a legitimate one. And it's depending on the candidate, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, significant possibility. Yeah. And I, I was actually talking to somebody earlier, Chris, who is uh, very tied in just in recruiting in the Southeast. And they were like, you know, dependent, and there, this is not a South Carolina person, just somebody on the outside looking in. They were like, depending on who the head coach is, they're like, that might be a very smart hire to keep somebody like Bobo around because he is so tied in in the state of Georgia as far as recruiting ties and just would be, especially if, if you're a guy, somebody, you know, is coming in trying to get grounded in the Southeast and 
and have instant ties that um, that he would make a lot of sense. Not not even to mention the obvious Gunnar Stockton um, factor that that is involved in, in that as well. I mean, you look out there and Gunnar Stockton, you know, Luke Doty as a young guy on this roster, Gunnar Stockton, you think about the possibility of keeping both of those. And Connor Shaw, I think if, if like if we're doing the Vegas odds thing or whatever, I'm, I'm bad at all that. But like Connor Shaw, the chances of him staying here regardless are very high, right? You'd think. Um, so that's going to help with Gunnar. If, if there's a Shaw-Bobo co- combo going on, you feel really good about it if you're a Gamecock fan. Wes, yeah, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say um, the the thing about Bobo as well is that depending on who came in, I don't think you would necessarily expect to see the same offensive scheme that you've seen South Carolina run this year. I, I think at, as the year has gone on, you know, and, and especially this past Saturday, you're seeing I formation because Ole, Ole Miss absolutely could not stop the running game. And right. two – I mean, if, if Bobo had the wide receivers at South Carolina, and th- this is how – this is where it is. If he had this, the wide receivers at South Carolina that he had at Colorado State, it would be a different offense that yeah. you saw every Saturday. And he's had to do the best he can with what he has had, and that's meant uh, getting an extra blocker, giving the ball to Kevin Harris, and trying to get downhill – and then doing some just traditional play action type stuff, uh, quick drops, easy throws, stuff like that. If, if it was different, if you had a better pass blocking O line, better skill guys, you know, you'd probably spread it out and and do some different things. If you had a running quarterback, you'd do some different things. So I I don't think I think some fans who are sort of ant on the Bobo idea, Chris, um, are thinking about it just in terms of what they've seen in results mm-hmm. in this year's offense. We have to go back to what we said at the beginning of the year that there are there were big question marks at multiple positions within this offense and that they would have to do the best that they can. Maybe with more time you can fix that talent wise with you know with a new coach. So um you're gonna tell everybody about uh, Dead Soxie, Chris? Yeah. And have you already covered the game day chair? Because we Well I didn't get to do it like you do. I told them that we were brought to everyone by Affordable Medical USA, but you got to tell them about the game day chair specifically. I think, I think we could blend them because right now okay. I'm not in the game day chair, but I wish I was. Uh, we're brought to you by AffordableMedicalUSA.com, our primary sponsor here on the show. Call those guys at 803-926-1493 if you want the best chair possible for your game days, to watch Netflix, whatever you may do. Great for your living room. Great for your man cave. Comfortable chair, variety of positions, lay flat, TV watching, lounge. Super roomy, super comfortable. Or click the links on YouTube, our podcast page, or on GamecockCentral.com on the GC Live page, which is on the front page. Make sure you check those guys out. And also, while you're doing it, getting a little colder, actually, Wes. So, you know, maybe you need some socks. Maybe you have some meat. Maybe you're actually a professional. Unlike Wes and I, we don't have to dress up, fortunately. Uh, But no-show socks, boardroom socks from Dead Soxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Go there. The patented no-slip technology uh, prevents your crew and your no-show socks from slipping down. You can kickstart some positive vibes in your wardrobe. Heading over to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Enter the code COCKY at checkout, and for our listeners, you will get 30% off your order. Yep, and uh, obviously, 
We'd love to see all of you, as we say every day. We'd love to see you all on GamecockCentral.com. Come on over right now. Use the code SEARCH25. Get your first year for just $25. That's 75% off. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know what, if if you've stuck with us for this long, for the entire hour of the show, I'll also tell you we're not even promoting it. But if just for whatever reason you just can't spend the cash right now, you can still use code CENTRAL60 for 60 days free. We just want to see you on the site. Again, we're not even – that's not publicly being promoted, but – if you sat if you sat through the show for an hour and thirty two seconds, then we'll throw you a bone there. Either one, either search twenty five twenty five dollars for your first year, or Central sixty will get you sixty days free to start your time on Gamecock Central. We're going to take you through this coaching search and uh, and may have a uh, update tonight. It sounds like Chris. Yeah, I think we're going to have an update sooner than later. Just you know, compiling some stuff throughout the day. Been a busy day as it always is during a coaching search and. We'll have some really good stuff, in my opinion, um, some good information on a lot of the guys. I've seen a lot of names in this chat. We're going to cover a bunch of those. Actually, we've already covered some of them, too. Um, even some of them have been ruled out, for lack of a better term. So make sure you get on the site and check out all those things. Is there a possibility for a new name to be discussed, or will it be further information on our previous names? It will be some of both. Oh, let's leave it at that. What's that? It'll be some of both. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. Come check it out. GamecockCentral.com. He's Chris. I'm Wes. We'll see you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Until then, come hang out with us. GamecockCentral.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply